0: Hello everybody, I'm Kia Ora. Um, Our webinar today will focus on a new tool uh, we have developed to help practitioners um, select appropriate on-road public transport priority treatments um, that improve uh, public transport uh, level of service, uh, increasing reliability and travel time benefits for users. We have more than 400 people registered for today's session, so welcome to you all and thanks for joining us. My name is Ekaterina, I'm a communications officer at Austroads, and I will be moderating today's session. First of all, I would like to acknowledge the Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the custodians of the land from which we are broadcasting today. I pay my respect to all this past, present and emerging. I also acknowledge the Treaty of Waitani and Maori as the regional people of New Zealand. A little bit about Austroats. We are the collective of Australasian transport and traffic agencies, and our focus is to support our member organizations to deliver an improved road transport network. The project uh, that we're focusing on today was delivered under the transport network operations program, which is managed by Richard Del Place. A little bit of housekeeping for today. Um, so our presenters will speak for 40 minutes, and then we will have a Q&A session for 15 minutes. The report today's session is based on and the presentation slides can be downloaded from the handout section of your sidebar, which you will find on the right-hand side of your screen. There's also a question section there, so please use it to send us your questions for the Q&A at any time during the webinar. If you could let us the slide number the question relates to, that would be helpful for us. Um, You can also use that same questions uh, feature to let us know if you have any technical problems. But just a quick tip, if you lose sound or your picture freezes, um, the issue is most likely with your internet connection. So leaving the session, closing your browser and rejoining uh, the session again via your registration link usually helps. Um, This webinar is being recorded and we will let you know when the recording is available on our website. And also if you listen to podcasts, uh, you can find Austroats in your podcast app. Um, and our presenters for today are Graham McCabe and David Green. We will first hear from uh, David uh, Graham McCabe. Um, he's a transport planner and traffic engineer with over 25 years experience in developing and leading transport planning and traffic engineering projects. A Trusted advisor to government, he specializes in cost-effective holistic transport solutions and has worked closely with senior executives in Australia and the Philippines. And our second presenter is David Green. David is a qualified civil engineer. He's a senior technology leader uh, within the Australian Road Research Board Future Transport Technology team. David has over 15 years experience in the road and traffic industry, having worked in both public, uh, private and research sectors. Welcome to you both. And I will now hand over to Graham.
1: Thank you, everyone, and um, welcome to the webinar. Um, as Katerina said, I'm Graham McCabe with uh, Urbus. And um, sorry, uh, I'm Graham McCabe with Urbus, and I was the project manager for the project. Uh, just to give a bit of uh, context on this project, this is a follow on piece of work that was identified as part of the prioritising on-road public transport project uh, developed by myself and Alison Lee uh, back in 2017. So uh, as I said earlier, I was the uh, project manager for the project and David Green was the project leader for ARB and the quality manager for ARB was Dr. Charles Carl. As you can see on the right hand side, the review team was the AustroAIDS working group, which is made up of the member agencies who uh, worked very closely with us on the development of the materials. They report to the network task force who review all the materials and then recommended to the AustroAIDS board for the approval of the uh, report and the tool. So, the Austroads Member Working Group was made up of representatives of each state and territory within Australia and also New Zealand uh, 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 Transport Authority, uh, so that provided a really good basis for making sure that the requirements for the tool were consistent across the transport agencies within Australia uh, and they had a very hands-on uh, participation in the project. Uh, And they uh, worked with us closely and supported the documentation that went to the task force, uh, which was then approved by the board. I will now hand over to David uh, in order to go through the detail of the project.
2: Yes. Okay. Um, Yeah. Thank you, Graham, And uh, thank you Ekaterina. And yeah, welcome. Welcome all today. Uh, make sure the system's working okay yeah so today we're essentially talking about the um, Austroids project on road public transport uh, priority tool Um, and so as Gray mentioned the 2017 research report prioritizing on road public transport identified the need uh, for a practitioner toolkit and so Ostro's uh, 2020 published report uh, titled on-road public transport uh, priority tool um, APR 64520 um, outlines this tool. And then the purpose of the report is to essentially provide a tool that will aid practitioners in making decisions on on-road on road public transport uh, treatments. And then the purpose of uh, today's webinar is to provide an, an overview of the project and the ORPT uh, tool itself so the work process for uh, for this project uh, consisted of consultations and requirements capture Uh, this led to a definition of what the ORPT tool should be and as a result of this uh, the ORPT tool was developed Uh, so key findings deriving from uh, these steps uh, essentially led to the ORPT tool development as outlined in the following slides so the first step uh, the consultations and requirements capture so that essentially revealed that ORPT, uh, so that's on-road public transport, I'll refer to it as ORPT for now hour, uh, selection is really context sensitive. And so this is because ORPT priority treatments depend on, on many factors uh, that are peculiar uh, to a scenario. And, and so therefore, as a result, each has different levels of influence uh, depending on that scenario. Therefore, we felt that it would be difficult to, to develop a tool that indica- indicates an appropriate ORPT uh, treatment uh, of a particular scenario. And so, therefore, the tool it was decided that the tool should outline the process uh, to, to go through uh, for our mode public transport uh, priorities selection. And so, in that case, the process should outline and, and, and use existing OSTROSE frameworks such as movement in place, network operation planning, and level service framework. And the process should consist of understanding. The objectives. So, what we are trying to achieve. So, that is the what. Uh, identifying the issues. So, that the why. Um, understanding the users of the corridor, the multimodal and growth potential, and those who could use public transport but may choose not to. So, so the who. So, that provides a bit of a background as to how the priority tool that's outlined in the report, why it looks the way it is, and why it is really a process rather than a. Um, a a selection tool as such so following uh, the consultations and requirement capture uh, the project was able to confirm that the ORPT tool needs to be um, based what it it needs to be so so based on that it was confirmed that the ORPT should should be a a flowchart so at the moment is a document however is something that could be implemented via an interactive online tool at some later um, point in time uh, should not specify ORPT priority treatments for a, a specific scenario so it really leaves it up to the practitioners uh, to decide and so in that case uh, should I outline the process that pr- practitioners need to go through in order to make ORPT uh, treatment selections I uh, should specify the need for a policy framework and specify the need to tie back to network operation planning should compromise or should comprise of uh, prompting questions and incorporate case studies uh, should highlight known and available ORPT uh, uh, treatments should it also encourage the consideration of other non-highlighted and innovative type treatments and should highlight that there can be different ORPT priority measures uh, for different times of day as well so it's really quite open takes the, um, the practitioner uh, through to the necessary process uh, to hopefully be able to make those decisions taking into consideration other stakeholders and and, and all all road users. So the ORPT tool was developed in accordance uh, with the agreed ORPT tool definition. And on the slide now is just a bit of a a high level overview of what what the tool is and how many steps are involved. And then the next section of the webinar really goes into that a bit deeper and provides an an overview of the ORPT uh, tool developed and the ORPT uh, process uh, shown on on this slide so let's get into that Uh, so the ORPT tool itself was split into applications for both existing roads and greenfield roads Uh, so the ORPT tool both the existing roads and greenfield roads is divided into a few stages and split into various steps so the tool as developed currently is document based as mentioned before but it's something that could be placed on an internet page that would enable users to proceed through the steps and mark steps as they've been completed while enabling hyperlinks to to reference material and related steps uh, within the flowchart uh, so users should work through the process and keep notes of completed tasks and the ORPT tool should be viewed as, as guidance and not as a prescriptive instruction manual unless directed um, by uh, the um, road agency or, or road manager overseeing the, the task and then beyond the use of the tool it is recommended that practitioners undertake post evaluations to assess and the impact of of selected treatments, capture any stakeholder feedback and consider this practical knowledge in future ORPT uh, treatment selections. So the first one is really an overview of the existing roads. So the stages for the ORPT tool that is applicable to existing roads include stage one, uh, so background and foundation settings and that's eight steps there. Stage two, which is understanding uh, the what, the why and the who, so nine steps. And then stage uh, uh, three, which considers the ORPT uh, priority treatments uh, to adopt uh, for the link. So that's uh, 10 steps uh, there. So I might just turn on my laser pointer, see how that goes. Ah, I don't think you guys can see that. Um, so I might just turn it off. Anyway, so the eight steps of stage one uh, background and foundation setting of the existing roads, ORPT uh, tool include. So the first step is essentially identifying the the public transport service of of interest to improve. Uh, The next one is to identify the issues of concern for the public transport service. Then we get into the third step, which is identifying the road corridors of operation uh, for that service. Uh, fourth one is identify the links of interest within the corridor Uh, the the fifth one is identify other significant road users of of the link and then number six is identify adjacent land users uses of significance uh, located along the link of interest and then number seven is determine the the short and long-term network operation plan or policy for the link of interest then we've got a whole point and so that is really just to confirm that alignment has been achieved um, amongst uh, within the the road agency and then where alignment is not achieved on the intended function of the link it is necessary to resolve and and achieve that uh, alignment. And then step number eight is essentially uh, bring together representatives and confirm the hierarchy of priority of significant uh, road users and the role for, for each road user. So this may be based on moving the place framework adopted uh, by the the jurisdiction. Uh, So then in the nine steps for stage two, understanding the what, the why and the who of existing roads, OLPT uh, for the existing roads for the the tool. So that is essentially the first step is to reconfirm the objectives of the on-road public transport priority. So that's just going back to uh, stage one and just reconfirming that you're still, still on track. Uh, in terms of the objectives you've got them all aligned and everyone's in agreement. And then, then essentially obtain relevant public transport data uh, for the operation of the public transport service of interest uh, for the issues identified uh, for the links, uh, for the link of interest and obtain data associated with, with other significant road users. Utilise the obtained data to identify the likely causal factors causing the issue for, for the link of interest. Then number five is uh, fully identified uh, issues confirm the time frames in which the issue is applicable and then number six is confirm who are the current uh, users of the public transport mode of interest and the future growth potential uh, for, for that mode of public transport uh, for, for users and that's not all the sta- steps in stage two so there's a couple more uh, so then we go on to confirming the current and, and future uh, cross section of the road reserve, the link, um, and then for the existing cross section, confirm if the preferred ORPT priority treatment of of a transit lane could be bit, could be accommodated or not. So we're recognising here that obviously the most um, preferred treatment would be a transit lane, but but it's not necessarily um, you're not necessarily able to to do that in in all scenarios. So this step is really just to kind of. See whether, whether that's feasible within the existing cross-section um, and then that can kind of help guide decisions in, in the next few steps over, the, over this stage and, 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 the, and the next one as well. And then finally, uh, based on the preceding steps, practitioners should be able to identify um, the, the following elements. So that is the first one, they should be able to identify public transport and, and links of interest where the ORPT priority treatment should be considered. Who are the other road users and their priority position within the hierarchy of the the road, policy intention of the road link, the public transport operational requirements, strategic operational uh, public transport policy, uh, the the issue with public transport vehicles, including where the issue may be caused and when, any existing cross section of the road and what is feasible uh, with respect to widening, alterations to the road space allocation with and reallocating of road space allocation so if you got, if you got through uh, through all of that uh, then you kind of move to the to the next stage which is uh, to start considering uh, the ORPT priority treatments to adopt for the link um, of the existing road so, so the first step is based on the outcome of stage one and two consider the appropriate category or categories of ORPT priority treatments or combination of ORPT priority treatments likely to be suitable. So there's some appendices in, in the in the report that, that provide different categories of ORPT uh, priority treatment and we'll go into them uh, a bit later. Um, but that's basically starting to, to consider what category. Some of the categories are like transit lane or what do you do uh, signal priority. Um, some are the hard engineering and then also soft engineering and then so once you once you started considering some of the categories uh, the, the, the next step is to based on that selected category or categories of IRPT priority treatments identify the IRPT priority treatment options that best address uh, the scenario being investigated say treatments with an S because you you want to uh support options you want to start um you want to be able to compile a, a, a few options in order to make kind of comparisons and, and make an informed uh, decision uh, later on um, and then the, the third step is fully identified R1 PT prior, uh, treatments applied to the scenario conceptually consider how this will fit into the existing road environment uh, the next one is to using the conceptual drawing uh, identify and articulate the benefits uh, of a public transport uh, vehicle while identifying the trade-offs uh, for the other road users so in this step we're referring to the level of service framework um, that uh, are also developed uh, for Australians and as part of uh, GTM path 4 and we'll go into a little bit of that uh, provide a bit of an overview of that uh, a little bit later that's part of the appendices as well uh, consider what road management systems need to be put in place uh, to deliver the ORPT priority treatment and prepare indicative cost estimates of different options. So again, it really kind of depends on what type of system you've got. Uh, I guess a transit lane, while it takes up space, is really, can be quite simple. It's, it's just occupying space. But if you're looking at uh, signal priority, for example, you've kind of got different uh, systems that, that need to be established to, to enable that. Uh, whether that might be through a physical detection or detection via communications uh, mechanisms Um, that's really it's really there trying to understand what what road management systems need to be put in place and that will kind of start influencing I guess the the costs uh, involved Uh, the next couple more steps um, so based on the outcome of the previous uh, steps undertake an assessment of the various uh, conceptual options developed and then move on to based on the conceptual drawings of the different options in addition to the trade-offs determine the preferred option from the road transport agency's perspective then bring back together, uh, bring back together representatives um, that you would have talked to as part of stage one and present the conceptual drawings of the preferred and and other options along with the articulated uh, trade-offs for the other road users. And then therefore try to kind of get agreement. And so that's why we've got a whole point there. So if agreement cannot be achieved, we, we suggest that um, the practitioner either goes back to the uh, start of stage, stage three, and starts considering other options. Um, or alternatively, implement uh, some conflict uh, re- resolution process as recognized by the ju- jurisdiction, or simply just note the disagreement and proceed as planned someone needs to make a decision obviously so it really kind of um, obviously it would be great to have all stakeholders in agreement uh, but that may not necessarily uh, be possible Uh, then the the ninth uh, step as part of that is based on an assessment of the feedback along with the preferred option decide on the ORPT priority treatment to proceed uh, to a delivery stage and then ultimately hand over the project uh, to project development group uh, for prioritisation and implementation uh, just a reminder uh, please send uh, through your questions and we'll try to address them in the Q&A session uh, later on uh, so then we got the the ORPT tool for the greenfield roads um, so essentially we're recognising here that although the steps are very similar there are some differences obviously you can't go out and collect a lot of data for the existing road because it just does not exist Uh, so we've kind of simplified down the the Greenfield Road uh, process to to, two stages so the first stage is background and foundation setting so that's four steps and then considering the ORPT priority treatment to adopt a a link so very similar there in in having 10 steps uh, so the four steps of, of um, the stage one for the greenfield is uh, plan at the conceptual level the road and transport network layout of the subdivision or new roads. Uh, then for the for the roads, identify which road corridors will be used by which road users and in what hierarchy. Then determine a network operation plan or policy uh, for the link of interest. Um, and they are again the whole point just to confirm that there's alignment amongst uh, the key stakeholders and then bring together representatives and confirm the hierarchy of the priority for the road users and the role that each road user and so this may be based on movement of place framework adopted uh, by the jurisdiction then you got the 10 steps uh, for actually starting to consider uh, the um, ORPT priority treatments Um, so again the first step is essentially based on the outcome of stage one consider the appropriate Categories or category of ORPT priority treatments or combination likely to be suitable. Then the next one is based on the selected uh, categories, identify uh, the ORPT priority treatment options that best address the scenario. Then we go into the third one, which is for the identified ORPT treatments applied to a scenario, conceptually consider how this will fit into a proposed network and any implications associated with, with this. So is more, is land required? Um, that land um, that may have been for, for, for other uses is, is that now required to um, be allocated to, to the road space. Um, then using the conceptual drawing, identify and articulate how the proposed road network meets the intended function and intended benefits uh, for the RPT and consider what road reservation and construction is required along with road management systems that need to be put in place to do to deliver the RPT priority treatments and prepare indicative cost estimates of, of different options and then the sixth one is based on the outcome of the preceding steps undertake an assessment of the various uh, conceptual options developed um, based on the conceptual drawings of the different options in addition to understanding the level of service for other road users determine the preferred option for the road and from the road and transport agency's perspective. Then bring together representatives and present conceptual drawings of the preferred option, along with the articulated level of service for other road users, and then also present um, other options considered, including a uh, no priority uh, for comparison. In in addition to providing uh, a base case then we got the whole point so essentially just if agreement cannot be achieved either go back to the start of stage two or implement some conflict resolution process um, or or note the disagreement and proceed as planned Um, and then the last two steps and so that's based on an assessment of feedback obtained along with the preferred option decide on the ORPT priority treatment to proceed uh, to uh, the delivery stage, and then ensure any ORPT priority treatment arrangements are incorporated into planning permit approvals. Um, particularly if there's a new a new subdivision, um, ensuring that that's kind of incorporated um, in that, uh, so that the subdivision can be approved and the um, the intended ORPT uh, priority treatments are. are, are, are allocated for and and built in accordance with the um, the permit so that's essentially an overview of the existing roads and and the greenfield uh, sites uh, for the ORPT tool or or process applied applied to those uh, two uh, scenarios Um, and as you would have captured like when we, we went through an overview of that there are some appendices Uh, that process uh, refers to some supporting material. So we'll provide a bit of an an overview of of them. So essentially there's uh, five of them. Uh, The first one is a a level of service framework as outlined in in commentary uh, uh, two of the the GTM part. Uh, Then we got the the movement in place framework. Um, Appendix C is known, OIPT priority treatment. Appendix D provides some case studies and then Appendix E is, um, provides a bit of background on ORPT analysis that was done um, in the previous uh, 2017 um, Australian investigation and so over the next few slides I'll just provide a bit of a, an overview of, of these so essentially um, Appendix A um, provides a framework to help practitioners to define the level of service for for different road users across various metrics. Um, Essentially, this is a reproduction of the level of service framework as outlined in in Commentary 2 of Australia's Guide uh, to Traffic Management Part 4. So essentially, it defines the level of service framework for the various road users, so includes private motorists, uh, transit users, pedestrians, cyclists freight operators across five needs so mobility safety access information and amenity and what this really does is provides I guess some uniform definitions of what um, a level service measure is for for different elements of those needs and for the the different road user Uh, so for example the screen now, you can see congestion, and it provides a, a different um, an overview of what are, a level service A, B, C, D, E, and F. So it goes into six levels. Um, what what that means to achieve uh, those different uh, level service. So what this does is it it, it helps practitioners assess the impacts and trade offs of of different um, change changes or alterations to the to the road environment so you can get the what would be and so for, we're talking about ORPT treatment at the moment so but it could be used for, for any scenario but what what it does is enables a practitioner to say to look at those definitions and say okay at the moment we're achieving uh, level service um, a for mobility congestion for, for private motorists but we're going to do uh, a a treatment and and therefore that may result in um, an improvement or a a drop back in the level of service um, for for that uh, road user and or for other road users or for other road users uh, for for various needs so I guess a a good example might be if you were to put in a a transit lane um, and you were to reallocate uh, road space take away say a trafficable lane in order to um, put in a, a transit lane so you you would expect that the level of service for uh, the transit vehicle would improve from, from mobility and then also may improve from a, a safety perspective as, as well but the, 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 the trade-off of that is that if, if it's taking away a trafficable lane depending on the level of of existing uh, congestion and and traffic flow and capacity of the road it may have an impact on on private motorists it may also have an impact on on cyclists uh, as well and 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 freight operators so it's really about trying to understand what the impact will be uh, to different road users across their different needs um, as a result of of a of a treatment and it's also important to know there's there's nothing wrong necessarily with having a, a low level of service, as long as it aligns with the objectives of what you've got, or what the road agency or road manager may have uh, for for the road. Uh, so, it, um, yeah, it, it could be it could be quite adequate to have a. It, it wouldn't be acceptable to have a, a low level service for a public or a transit vehicle if your objective is. Uh, to be uh, that's a principal uh, uh, route uh, for um, for public transport that may be where you might lead to look at strategies to to try to try to improve it so it's essentially it's just a it's something that it's hopefully it can be uniform and, and can be um, being applied um, across all road agencies and within the road agency as a consistent framework in which case in, in which to um, apply to, to, to all treatments and so that is, um, it can be applied consistently. Um, Appendix B essentially helps practitioners define uh, the movement and place role of the road network where movement and place framework is adopted by the jurisdiction. So not all Australian OS and um, jurisdictions adopt um, movement of place, uh, we recognise that, but we refer to it um, in, in in the uh, in the in the tool uh, for use where where it was adopted by the jurisdictions um, and again it is a reproduction movement in place framework as outlined in the in the Austro's guide uh, to traffic management park laws so if this ORPT tool became a, an online document it would simply be it could simply just be a uh, a hyperlink to that we, we reproduced it in in this document to kind of save people therefore going up and, and, and having GTM path 4 opens so for uh, an easy easy reference. So what the framework does is allow practitioners to identify the role of each road uh, through a movement of place uh, matrix. Um, and then this is based on the strategic significance of the road to move people and goods and the strategic significance of the land use interacting with the road. So how much is the road primary objective in the movement versus how much its primary objective is in, in the place. Um, the figure we've got here at the movement of place one well, that's from the current Austrode's uh, uh, guide, uh, GTN Part four and it was adapted from Transport for New South Wales in 2016 but we do recognise that, that um, those figures have have, have, have altered and there, there are different ones kind of going around but essentially the, the principle uh, still uh, remains uh, the same um yeah so I think I said that, yeah, the position of, of a road or street on the movement axis is determined by its strategic significance within the within the road network from a movement's perspective and then the position of a road or street on the place access is t- determined by the strategic significant and uh, significance and community value of, uh, as a place so uh, that would be something like a, uh, a heavy uh, shopping uh, residential or shopping street kind of precinct where you have a lot of um, people kind of um, I guess wandering or sitting down um, and trying to enjoy uh, the the place aspect of, of that link and, and so this really we we're referring to this because it really kind of helps identify the, the network operation policy for the road link and therefore ultimately influence the ORPT uh, priority treatment uh, selection Uh, the next one um, Appendix C so that provides an overview of nine ORPT priority treatments which can be used as a reference to practitioners to aid them in their selection so it's essentially split into uh, three parts so the first part provides a description of the nine different ORPT uh, categories available so this is outlined within within the table, and this enables users to select uh, the category appropriate to the scenario being, being assessed. So categories can range from hard engineering type construction type treatments to soft engineering such as traffic signal gating or, or signal priority. So the categories essentially include road space, so dedicated right way over a long length or and a short length, and then also Um, selectively shared uh, right-of-ways over over long lengths Uh, then there's a a few categories related to the ORPT stops so the bus stop design uh, tram light tram and and light rail transit stop design and then the bus tram and LRT stop relocation then there's some traffic signal priority ones Passive priority and then also active priority, and then traffic signal gating of general traffic. So we feel that it kind of captures quite an overview of some of the known um, OLPT uh, treatments available. I'm not saying that it's it's all of them, and and we do encourage uh, users to to think outside of these um, and 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 consider um, innovative uh, treatments as well. Uh, the second part provides a description along with implementation considerations for the treatments grouped according to the category. And so it assigns various known OIPT treatments uh, to the the categories and then for each treatment, it provides a description along with some of the implementation considerations. Um, And then the third part provides some example images of of the treatments um, identified in the second part. So in all, uh, this appendix hopefully will help practitioners, um, the ORPT priority treatment selection, as it provides a a reference list of some known um, ORPT priority treatments, Um, but we also encourage practitioners to also consider unknown ones and an innovative uh, type treatments. So be prepared to um, consider other ones that that may not not be used or, or are yet to be used uh so appendix d then provides some case studies of where oh, where different ORPT priority treatments have been implemented in different scenarios so they don't necessarily follow or they don't follow the actual tool because they're, they're existing ones the tool or the process uh, did not exist at the time when they implemented it, um, but they, they would have been following kind of similar similar steps um yeah, and so essentially we've got eight, eight case studies as showing. And so for each case study there is a a short description of the problem, the project description, and then some of the key project outcomes. And again, we are we feel that this appendix will hopefully help practitioners uh, with their RPT priority treatment selection as it provides examples of how and where different ORPT priority treatments um, have implemented have been implemented and shows uh, the variety of of different ones uh, available in a a real world uh, setting so you can see there's some traffic signal priority ones there's some uh, uh, some some transit lane ones um, some part-time transit lane ones so there's a bit of a mixture of of just examples of of where ORPT treatments have been implemented in, in different scenarios uh, and this one came from uh, the 2017 uh, report. So Appendix E essentially uh, discusses some of the, the main causes for problems related to ORPT reliability and, and traffic and vehicle speed. And includes just some, um, some, some reference graphs around um, traffic congestion, bus and light rail transit congestion and, and stop frequency. And so this can aid in understanding the impacts of traffic congestion on ORPT and the benefits of of dedicated road space treatments and stop relocation. Yeah, so we're we're almost coming up to the end. Um, And so I guess at the moment um, we've got the the ORPT tool um, as a standalone document, but it is something that uh, we believe is recommended that the GTM refers to it and, and we think it is, it's got relevance in in four GTM parts and so essentially that is part four so network management strategies um, so it's really uh, that's where it's kind of providing uh, some of the strategies around the network management so I think it needs to kind of uh, refer, refer to it uh, there then you kind of got um, part five which is link management so obviously when you're looking at stuff like bus lanes uh, that has definitely got a, an impact on the, on the link so we think and these are reference there part six which is intersections interchanges and, and crossings management so if you've got a queue jump lane for example um, even talking about bus priority uh, could uh, at the signal priority um, could have a reference at, at part six but probably more part nine um and then you've got part nine which is the the transport control systems Um, and so that's where you're really talking about um like the the, the traffic signal system and so that's where stuff like the the active uh, signal priority uh, would be of interest to part nine but we think all of those parts needs to have a reference to the uh, the ORPT tool Uh, we don't think the reference uh, needs to be overly long It should be brief um, just outlining that uh, the OR phosphorus developed an ORPT tool uh, that outlines the ORPT uh, treatment selection process and, the, and that the tool should be viewed as as guidance and not a prescriptive instruction manual unless uh, directed so in conclusion <coughs> uh, the ORPT uh, priority tool developed uh, leverages off previous Australian work and has been developed uh, through an iterative process including representations of the Australia's member agencies gathered in the, in the project working group the IRPT developed, uh, developed uh, guides practitioners uh, through the selection of the on-road of the appropriate on-road public transport priority treatments uh, for any uh, road scenario it can be used uh, for applications relating to existing roads and then also greenfield roads. Uh, it considers all forms of priority, ranging from road space, stop design, and location, travel engagement. It refers to the material on them. The practitioner to, to make their selection as they work through the process. And then, where appropriate, the tool also includes reference to other Austrades frameworks and reference material to the aid of the practitioners in navigating uh, through the process and making the decisions relevant to uh, their situation. And then, users uh, should work uh, through the process and keep notes of completed tasks. So, I think that's important. Um, and then the ORPT tool should be viewed as, as guidance and not as, um, as a prescriptive instruction manual and as directed. And then beyond the use of the tool, uh, I think this is really important. It's recommended that practitioners um, undertake post evaluation to assess the impacts of the selected treatments, capture any stakeholder feedback and consider this practical knowledge in future IRPT. Uh, treatment selection so now is the time uh, to ask some questions Um, so happy to try to answer those questions along with uh, our project manager Graham.
0: thanks so much
1: David David, thank you great thank you first question that has come in is if you could just go get back to slide um, 20, Ekaterina, uh, and just where bus customers are considered in the process.
2: Bus customers. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, the, the bus customer, yeah, I mean, that just goes back to the Objective of, of the of this the the, the service. Uh, I mean, the bus customer is essentially uh, the service itself. So uh, we we're not kind of going within with inside the vehicle. Um, our process is kind of interested in the in the in the vehicle in, in itself, the our the actual bus vehicle or the or the tram. So. Um, it, it ties back to what is the what is I guess the issue of concern uh, for the for the public transport uh, vehicle and therefore what is the um, um, yeah and that it'll take you yeah, taken through through that process so uh, the, the bus customer is really kind of captured amongst the the actual really the right from the start so what is the irp service that you're looking at and then what are um, what are the issues of concern
1: yeah and I think it's it's also when you're looking at the the causal factors um, which is in uh, appendix uh, uh, d and e Um, so sorry appendix d being the case studies uh, and appendix e with uh, some of the tools and also the work that this builds off which goes into a lot of the causal uh, factors as well uh just referring to slide thirty-two, uh there's a, a lot of questions around uh the level of service um that's uh was included, uh that, that example table, um, and questions around whether this applies to all modes or whether it's just a, an example slide.
2: Yeah, so the actual figure um that shows on that that slide that's just the start of the, the framework, um, the, the actual level of service framework um, probably goes for uh, at least 10 pages. Um, I can't remember the actual pages that it, that it covers, but essentially as, a, as I mentioned, it, it comes up with level of services um, for the various road users, so private motorists, transit users, pedestrians, cyclists and, and freight operators. And then it, it, it talks about the various needs. So mobility, safety, access, information, amenities. So just that first, uh, that figure is just a, the start of it. And so at where you would see that, you that's essentially capturing the private motorists. So that's the, the road user. And the, the need is the, is the mobility. And then the actual level of service measure is, is congestion. So for each of those road users and for each of those needs, uh, there are various uh, measures. Some some might only have one measure. Some some may have, have multiple ones. So um, yeah, I, I, th- I think we've kind of captured, I guess, the, all of the um, what we could identify at the time, road users and their needs and and their measures. So uh, the one at the, at, you can see on the on the screen there, that's just the the congestion one for uh, private motorists. Uh, there would be a, a congest a congestion one under mobility, there would be a congestion one. Under mobility for uh, the um, the transit users as as well, yeah. and plus a, plus probably a few others. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Uh, on slide twenty nine, uh, in the green greenfield section, um, you have we have uh, stakeholder management uh, included, uh, stakeholder engagement um, included as one of the the tasks. Uh, The question is, um, but before you develop a preferred option, do you have stakeholder engagement?
2: Yeah, yeah, so you have essentially stakeholder engagement as part of stage, stage one. Probably it was essentially kind of incorporated in. um, some of those steps obviously in a presentation during a webinar we can only really provide a, a high level overview of, of, of the of the steps but essentially in in stage one because um, I think you'll remember there is a there is a whole point and that's essentially um, confirming the the hierarchy of priority and and the, and the road user role so stage one is really the, the background and foundation setting, and so that's kind of getting the stakeholders around and say, well, well do we agree that this is the this is a um, a public transport priority route, or is it um, or is it serving some some other function? So stage one is therefore kind of setting the scene as to what is the the priority um, of public transport. Uh, of the public transport vehicle, in in recognition of the other road users, then where the other road users kind of stand in that in that priority hierarchy, then you go off to stage two, um, and you go off and, and and collect the data, um, and and then you go into to stage three where you actually kind of uh, develop those options and then, and you present them back uh, to to the stakeholders.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have another question which is uh, has this process been applied to any recent projects um, I, th- I think I'll answer that one so no so this is a this is a best practice tool based on um, industry experience so when you look at the case studies that have been included within it and also what's in the appendices um, this is a consolidation of all those materials to provide guidance rather than uh, to take forward into people developing uh, into projects. Uh, so no it hasn't been applied to any projects uh, that we know of yet. Uh, another question is around uh, thresholds. So does does the guide provide any thresholds for when to introduce priority eg when services are more than x minutes apart uh, when delay is more than x minutes? yeah so the short answer to that is is, is no uh, so as you,
2: you might recall during the um, during the webinar we talked about the, um, the, first, the first step which was the consultations and, and requirements capture so essentially during that consultations and requirements capture we essentially worked with the working group and said okay what, what, what do you want this oh, we've got this cross-roads project it's the ORPT priority tool oh, what do you what do you what do you want it to kind of look like and and the message was really clear that on-road public transport priority is is very context sensitive it, it is it's really dependent on, on the particular scenario uh, to, to which it's going to be applied. and and so we, we really felt that I guess trying to come up with something where you it was based on, on, on thresholds and would um, suggest a as a certain priority treatment based on certain um, measures being being met wasn't really kind of capturing a whole lot of other issues and, and context um, scenarios that, that really needed to, to be considered and, and applied so really we, we thought that the better way would be to actually take the practitioners uh, through the process of on-road public transport uh, selection and really trying to guide them back to some of these key Austroads frameworks like the movement of place, uh, the level of service framework, uh, network operation planning and trying to have something that could be applied. I um, had that process in a, in an Austroads uh, form and so therefore that means that could be applied uh, consistently um, uh, across the the agencies and, and really taken through that process of, of what they need to do in order to um, make some ORPT priority um, uh, selections now I guess in the, uh, in, in the appendices we provide some examples of, of different as we mentioned earlier categories and, and categories of ORPT and then we provide some actual example treatments. So we highlight different ones that that can that can be used. So We've got a bit of a discussion on the, on the description and some of the implementation considerations. And so really, it's then kind of handed back to the practitioners to say, well, what what is best um, for for their uh, particular scenario? Um, and uh, I mean, obviously, in an ideal world, you'd have transit lanes um, everywhere, but, the, but that's not kind of um, possible, particularly in the existing uh, uh, roads e- environment, and so therefore you kind of got to consider well, what other um, measures um,
1: can 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 be uh, applied. Yeah, and uh, I, I think. That. Yeah, and also um, Appendix E has some ready reckoners that can be used to to provide guidance on. Um, bus travel speed reliability uh, stops things like that um, but they are just they're tools to support this broader tool which is, which is more of the the process of the the steps that you should go through uh, another question is um, how does the tool uh, advise how to prioritize uh, ORPT options at different sites I think that's more of a and um, uh, relates to another question, which is around uh, funding for projects. I think that, that that's more of a program development issue within within government. So how you prioritize sites depends on which agency um, uh, is is doing the work and its its local priorities. This this tool and the case studies. Uh, and the 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 guidances within it are to help you make decisions but obviously any decisions that you're making need to be within the framework of your uh the governmental policies that you're that you're working in. Uh and then uh we had one more um another question which is what are your views well what are our views on indented bus bays and their impacts on bus travel speeds safety and those of other motorists Do you want to go first, David? Was that indented or non-indented? Indented, yes. Indented bus space, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Well, um, I guess I don't have any particular views about it. It, it really depends on the on the scenario um, that it, that, they're, that they're used or, or alternatives um, are, are used. So that's what I guess the process tries to kind of highlight is that. You need to kind of determine the I guess uh, the priority of the of the, the priority hierarchy of the different road users some of the issues that around the particular uh, road environment in terms of the, the level of congestion and and where public transports are being uh, where the public transport vehicle is, is being delayed or or held up so it goes back to the to the to the data, and then you really got to look at okay, well, what are what are some of the trade-offs about providing indented versus non-indented uh, to to some of the to to some of the uh, the the both the public transport vehicle and and the other uh, road users as well. So obviously having a um, Uh, non-indented it kind of helps with the with the public transport uh, vehicle being able to uh, pull away and kind of gives them a a little bit of priority now whether that's the appropriate scenario uh, appropriate uh, in in all scenarios or or it really kind of goes back to what is the the particular context in in which it's which has been used and and hopefully this uh, tool takes um, the a practitioner uh, through that process so that they can make informed the um, decisions as to which priority treatments uh, they they implement and and in the appendix appendices uh, we've got a description of what treatments such as the indented and non indented and, and and talk about some of the implementation uh, considerations so
1: yeah. yeah, I think from a from a practitioner's point of view, um, bus bays have two purposes. One is the historical traffic efficiency approach, which is getting the buses out of the way of the flow of vehicles. Uh, and another one is a true bus priority measure, which is getting uh, buses out of the way of other buses. So if you have buses stopping at a bus stop and you have buses which aren't, which needs, need to pass or are already full, uh, then you don't necessarily want them being held up. Um, so, you know, you can move buses out of the way of cars and trucks, or you can move buses out of the way of other buses. And that's probably more of a public transport priority uh, tool uh, uh, option rather than a uh, traffic efficiency uh, option. Uh, and we have uh, one uh, last uh, question. Um, sorry, just need to uh, find it here on my list. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, do we think uh, improvements to travel time re- reliability is the best measure of effectiveness or another measure? Uh, I think it is a measure
2: uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a the best measure um, or obviously it, it is quite good but again it kind of goes back to um, really what is in terms of this RPT priority tool it goes back to what is the what is the issue um, that you're you're trying to to resolve so if it's um, if it's travel time reliability yes then then it would be uh, the best measure but it may be uh, travel time. Um, it may be um, it may be something something else. So uh, now I think the process kind of talks about that, it talks about kind of identifying what are the issues of concerns and, and identifies really uh, or identifies the, the key the key ones being travel time reliability and overall travel time, but there, there may be uh, there may be other issues as well. So really the, the measure that's um, most appropriate or the best one for, for the effectiveness really
1: um, really depends on, on what the issue is that, that you're trying to address. Yeah okay and we'll have to leave it there because we've um, just hit the two o'clock mark so um, thank you everybody and I'll hand back to Katarina.
0: Thank you very much David and Graham uh, that was a fantastic yeah, presentation you. and very interesting Q&A um, and yeah just a couple of minutes of your time. Um, to um, to say a few words about our future webinars. Uh, we have two more sessions this week. Uh, so the topic of tomorrow's webinar will be a new holistic framework for bridge asset management. And on Thursday, we will focus on the updates to the guide to road tunnels. Uh, more sessions are coming up in the future. So keep an eye on our website for more information. Um, and as usual, uh, when we close out today's session, there will be a questionnaire on your screen. So please take a couple of minutes to fill it in And let us know what you think about the session, what you liked, what you didn't like, it really helps us to shape our future webinar program. So um, after the session as well, a few days after the session, you will receive a follow-up email um, with the recording of today's session. Thanks again everyone, Um, stay well and safe and enjoy the rest of your day and we hope to see you next time.